I'm Nestor. I'm a uh, young boy who's got a lot to learn. I'm Howard. I work at a big company. And we are the hosts of the Nintendo Power Now You're Playing with Podcast, the podcast. A podcast where we go through every issue of Nintendo Power from beginning to end. We're currently on issue number four, which would be the January 1989 issue. January, February. Yeah, it, we, we made it to the new year. For the new year, new year, new us. It's uh, a new Howard, a new Nestor. A new Nestor. Um, uh, uh, a moderate around, amount of growth, I would say, for I, both of them. I don't know. We'll see. We should should, I, should actually introduce ourselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we can actually. I'm, I'm Brett. I'm a writer in L.A. I'm Weston. I'm also a writer in L.A. Yeah. That's we, love, a, we love Nintendo tapes. And we like Nintendo games. Um, and we're not Nintendo. We're not uh, Nestor and Howard. We are. We don't uh, even like them that much, but we are invested no. in their story. We are we're invested, but that's. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, you like Breaking Bad, but you don't like. You know, the characters aren't people you'd want to hang out with. I just watched one clip from Breaking Bad, and it was the. I've I've not seen the show outside of the first episode. And oh, it's, really? It's the clip with uh, what's her what's her face who plays Jessica Jones, Kristen, not Kristen Stewart. Yeah, uh, Jessica Jones on Netflix. Yeah, that Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, her. Yeah, 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 she's in it for a little bit. Yeah, uh, I liked her character. She seemed like somebody I would have hung out with Okay. in the suburbs. All right. But yeah, other than that, nobody's redeemable. And maybe yeah. something terrible happens to her, I haven't seen it. Yeah, no one's redeemable, especially, um, especially Hank. <laughs> Is Hank the main character? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's a random he's, he's like the uncle uh, is, is breaking bad the one where they uh it's a german town and they're time traveling yeah it's the one where uh whenever the guy dies he gets replaced by a new person um and they travel through time oh uh, okay yeah that's breaking bad and uh, and he has like a hologram that only he can see that's <laughs> helping him yeah <laughs> it's it's great it's, there's a reason why it's the number one show i don't know uh, why i haven't watched this it sounds really good <laughs> yeah it's um it's all it's all in black and white uh, it's a remake of a show from the 70s where <laughs> kids have psychic powers and can teleport. It was a big hit. All right. It's a, it's a hit. Okay, that's getting cut. Uh, so we're on... Uh, we should probably go over what this uh I swear to magazine. God, I'm going to keep that dumb sequence we just did in the show. <laughs> <laughs> keep it in there. I uh, want people to know what I haven't watched. You know what else I haven't watched? The Wire. Email us. Mailbox at nowyourplaying.com. I haven't watched The Sopranos. Neither have I. But whoa, you really haven't watched anything. Mario's. Uh, yeah, you really haven't watched anything. Uh, have you seen? <laughs> did you watch Break? Did you watch Game of Thrones? I stopped after the fourth season. Really? What? Actually, actually, that's a good point to stop. That's when it kind of. Yeah, I, I was like, would arguably get get it, worse. The fight between the Viper and the Mountain, as it was rendered in the show, disturbed disturbed me so thoroughly. I was like, I think I'm good. Oh really? Like you were just too. I was out after that. I've I've had friends like I remember I had a friend watching Breaking Bad and he was kind of like in a not you know like in not in his best like he's kind of at a low point of his life and he's like I just can't. That's I can't do this right now. Did we have we talked about Subnautica? I don't think we have on the podcast. I don't think we have. I I, I don't think we have ever. I am a huge Subnautica fan. Ooh. I highly that is not an old Nintendo game. That is a new game. It only came. It's on the Switch. It's on the Nintendo Switch now. 
It runs a little better on other consoles. Yeah, maybe you don't play on the Switch. So they just put out Below Zero, which is like an expansion sequel to it. Yeah. And I started playing it, and I love, love Subnautica. One of my favorite games ever. It was so atmospheric and scary and exciting and fun. Yeah. And I just, I played a couple hours of Below Zero, and it's too much like what 2020 was like. Where it's just like me oh. alone in my underwater base. Oh shit! And I was like, I can't, I can't do this right Ooh, now. Ooh man, that's a good point. I played Outer Wilds recently. Uh, oh yeah, and that was actually like alone, but it's not. Is I think something about being alone in space is a little less uh, tied to quarantine. I think the like, f- the first thing I did in Outer Wilds was I went to the place where the angler fish is and it ate me, and I was like. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna come back to this one, and I haven't yet. <laughs> I, it's, I, they just announced DLC for it. It's a, it's a great game, um, man. We really did a great job of starting this sooner. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, <laughs> it's a great Marin that we just did. It's it's like so unfocused and irreverent. <laughs> Let's talk more about shows that we haven't made, and then describe them inaccurately for people. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think this is gonna go down as a legendary start to an episode. Yeah, this uh, is. It's all bangers all the time in this podcast. <laughs> Honestly, uh, you're welcome, listeners. That, you're welcome, listener in the singular. Um, yeah, I think maybe we should dive into this cover. So, the cover. Uh, the big, the big uh, spotlight of this magazine is Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. So that's it's finally here. It's here. Yeah, it's been like because of the ship sh- shortage issue uh this and a couple other games have just not been able to make it Uh, in in a previous issue zelda i'm sorry link wrote a letter to zelda saying the game would be delayed and it i still think it's hilarious that that sounded exactly like a deadbeat dad or something being like yeah i'm really busy on this long haul i won't be home for christmas (laughs) yeah 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 and there's uh and now now he's he's centerfold he's we, there's a picture, a live action picture of Link with, you know, he's he's got a mullet. Link's got terrible hair. He's, he's got, he's wearing a fishnet. He's got, he's, and he's just like staring at a sleeping Zelda. These covers are like we're four for four now. These are all great. Yeah, so very interesting choice to go <laughs> uh, live action with this Zelda. I like it's something weird about seeing Zelda in this kind of like live action form i i in fact later in this issue we're gonna see like when we actually get to the zelda 2 portion they show off like actual kind of like little anime looking like like drawings of them and yeah, it looks it's, really good I'm it's like, like it's like the L- 80s legend of zelda art style yeah, and that stuff's cool and it's wild that that's not the front page and they decided to do this like very odd live action version of this that uh should never have it feels like we're seeing like a blip in time this is the, uh, how would I describe the look of this? Because it's got very, Link's got a really intense hair light. You know what this looks like? What? If there was a Zelda like porn video, this would be, this would be the cover of but it. Like a VHS tape specifically, like yes. a video from like the a 80s. super old 80s, like, so you uh, can see that. like they didn't have Nintendo's permission and they just like shot this thing. This is kind of, I think this is what the cover would look like. Maybe a few changes. Gina, she, uh, Zelda has Gina Davis's 1980s hair. So it's like a big uh, Auburn mop of curls. And uh, so I didn't know this. 
these are mannequins, man. I, I only learned this recently, but that, oh, that's man. not a person, and that's not a person. That makes more, it two, makes more sense now. It's, and it makes it so much creepier because you, you start to look really close to this picture, and it, it's, so it's, it's a live-action scene. So somebody set up these, uh, they look like cardboard painted to look like marble columns. You've got just, the, is the fire real? The fire is probably superimposed. Yeah. Uh, Link's glowing sword is probably not real. I'm gonna say, it's it's just really so strange and low rent. Yeah, it's He's wild. Wearing, Link I, is wearing fishnet. Like yeah, uh, yeah, the fishnet's weird. His hand for a mannequin—that's a weirdly realistic looking hand. I don't. For some reason, that might be the creepiest mannequin hand I've ever seen. I I want it to be real, and there are covers with real people, like the Castlevania Two cover, and there's other Zelda covers that I know. Oh, are, there's more of these. Yeah, I figured this would never exist again. This is so. This isn't just a. I would argue in the pantheon of Zelda covers in Nintendo Power, this might be the weakest one, but also the greatest one. If you know what I mean. Yeah. No. It just it's cool because it feels like it shouldn't exist. I think. Right. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, let's open up this issue. Uh, you know, right away, we've just got basic we got, welcome stuff. I we got know. our welcome page. You know what they want us to get? Controllers. Controllers, yeah. They've got like a full array of just, you know, the classic crazy old Nintendo controllers. There's only one good controller accessory on here that I'm aware of, and that's the advantage. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like uh, most of these were <laughs> just weird this is a. Uh, I, I don't recall hearing or seeing ever uh, the Super Controller from Bandai or the Wireless Ultimate Super Stick from Bishu. Although I will say that one has a joystick in the middle with the A and B buttons on both sides, so you can be ambidextrous and play play your tapes. Yeah. Also, there's a joystick for zoomers on here. Yeah, the zoomer joystick. Okay. Yeah. So. If once we like flip in, the first thing we see is the WrestleMania game. I played this game. Fun. I never played it. I've never. Uh, it looks kind of. It just for me, all this really did for me is remind me that wrestling is fun. Wrestling. Like, wrestling's it, a fun sport. Wrestling is fun, brother. <laughs> it's like, uh, like honestly, like they have like this big array of characters, and it's like, uh, how many of these guys do you recognize? Because a couple of them, I think, have stood the test of time. Like Hulk Hogan, obviously. Randy Savage is a big one. Yeah, um, Macho Man. Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> Honky Tonk Man I did not remember. I was like, this is a made-up character. I've watched a moderate amount of wrestling. Um, I'll do like a uh, wrestling drinking game with friends where we watch... Um, like old wrestling like this? Yeah, we'll go through them. What, what are they called? The, like, what are the, what's the wrestling? Or there's like 60 wrestlers and they like slowly come out. Every, it's like every five minutes they introduce a new wrestler. Every, I was like WrestleMania or SummerSlam. Yeah, some slam, slam jam, slam fest. And it's just so fun. I mean, I love just how kooky. It really feels like, uh, like if I didn't know what wrestling was and I assumed just what, it, what I would picture, which is just like, like if I didn't know wrestling was this grand theater event and I saw right. this game, it would feel made up. Like it feels almost like if a uh, fighting game just was being creative, like the, if this was like Clay Fighters or some like crazy fighting game. Honestly, just normal ass wrestling personas that are real are as crazy as like a creative brain could think of. It's it's which so is cool. Oh man. I have a soft spot for wrestling ever since I had a coworker years ago who showed me the was it SummerSlam 06, the one where uh Stone Cold Steve Austin shows up in a truck 
Damn. It's it's like every throughout the entire building, everyone is fighting in the kitchens, in the parking garage, yeah. in the ring, and he yeah. shows up and just one hits everybody. Oh, he just dude, he like, <laughs> and my coworker is showing me this video, and the truck drives up, and he hops out, and he goes, "Here he comes." But the, the crazy thing is, that's like every wrestling, like that's that's not like that's not like a crazy event. Like every single time you see a wrestling, at least in the ver- the thing I've been watching, which I wish I knew the name, but I don't. Uh, some crazy shit happens at some point. Like I've seen a person like fake his own death in a wrestling yes. match. I've seen a person like grab a character and bring him. They bring the camera like through the audience and he throws him into the concession stands. And uh, they literally had like a, a guy who just hid under the wrestling mat and who would just pull people under it occasionally. What? Yeah, it was. Wild. Oh, that's so good. I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen the. Uh, the it's like a. It's like some kind of monster. Like, yeah, kind of. It's that that SummerSlam where they had a bridge troll, and if the wrestlers <laughs> didn't answer his riddles, two of the members of the New Day got pulled to their deaths. Yeah, but they brought him back to life a couple of. <laughs> yeah, there, there's revivals and uh, uh, wrestling. Was but... it Monday Night Raw? Is the one of the weekly? They have like two or three weekly shows. So, I, okay, this is this is a question about the video. This is a question about wrestling. Okay, so I always assumed that uh, I probably won't be able to answer this. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm well. I'm, I, I don't know. So I always assumed that like wrestling is obviously fake. It's like, what do you mean? Like it's obviously okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious. Yeah, like we all know that it's like this big theatrical piece. And I always, as a kid, thought that was like controversy. Like I thought it was like this big scandal. That like people like figured out it was fake. Like people were watching and not realizing it's fake. And then at a certain point, they're like, "Oh shit, this is fake. This isn't cool." Uh, I think that's the is right. That, is that true? Is that like for I, like, I'm the, like there was an is, actual scandal that, where is, it went from oh my god, wrestling isn't real. Was that an actual like? They've always were they trying to play it off as if it was real, like. As if it was, was that ever a thing they were trying to do, or was it always clearly this crazy theatrical? I think there event? might have been a time where it became more and more obvious, especially when you get into like UFC, where people are actually fighting with mixed martial arts, and it looks totally you have like different. A compar- you have a comparison, but like it's, it's like this is not how he hits the guy once, and they're both sitting there writhing on the ground for a minute. Yeah, I mean, but like if there's a character named like the Storm, and he's a superhero, and he's like shooting air at people which happens in these earlier ones oh uh, man really yeah there's oh, like a guy so named the hurricane dumb. who's like dressed like this like superhero and he just goes on and he gets his ass kicked right away but he tries to do this crazy he's dressed like an rv it's he's like from a trailer park in would, florida who would fucking think that's real who would be like oh my god hurricane man with his wind powers almost got hulk hogan that was crazy maybe it's, i was at the edge of my seat i i wonder if it's a rite of passage for American children and Japanese children everywhere else they have, like like luchadors in Central and South America. Yeah. Maybe it's uh it's a rite of passage to go through that arc of you mean this isn't real? Yeah, it's like the it's it's after Santa Claus. You may it's like it's if Santa it's Claus third... is what would you say the proper like age to figure out Santa Claus isn't real is? What's mm, I'm gonna say age seven. Age seven? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think once you're in the double digits, it, you start to become the weird kid. <laughs> you think like 14 or 15 is, is about where it should be? <laughs> yeah, like 18. Uh, <laughs> is, yeah, I think like eight, seven or eight. That sounds right to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to point out something here. Uh, there are, so there's illustrations here of each of the wrestlers, and these illustrations look like 
you know when a Hollywood movie comes out in Thailand and they make their own movie poster, it looks like Thai movie posters. The this version of Hulk Hogan. Is, oh yeah, it's like yeah. all wrong. Andre the Giant does not look like Andre the Giant. Uh, Ted, Ted DeBase is uh, Ted Biasi. I don't actually Million Dollar Man, which I guess. <laughs> It's from an era where a million dollars was a lot of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the the funny thing is, like, we were talking about all these like spectacles, and they kind of like nod to some of these crazier moments in the descriptions. Because apparently, the million dollar man as a bit um, in one of the wrestling matches, which tried to buy WWE. Oh, like he he purchased okay, yeah he purchased the league like mid show to give himself advantage during one of the <laughs> one of the fights. <laughs> Awesome. I mean, wrestling is so freaking sweet. I love the idea because that's a big part of modern wrestling is uh, Vince McMahon and his family as like the people who own it and how they're like they're bad guys. They're heels. Yeah. And to have a dude who I'm going to go out on a limb and say the million dollar man did not actually have a million dollars. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Wrestling's fake. So it's like, yeah, you know, your Vince McMahon equivalent from this era. I don't know when he took over. Uh wwe or wwf uh like or is that wwf yeah yeah, this is wrestlemania is wwf oh world wrestling federation it's before then is it is it e now or did i just w is it it wcw merged with wwf to make wwe as the modern thing i can't believe sports are complicated this is probably wrong all right yeah, we don't like. We're not. We're we're not. In, I think we're in the wrong area right now. We're uh, uh, sports versus video games. What if the other thing is Although like this I, is an actual fighting game? All the wrestling games are. I would love to play a wrestling game where it's like you're on the ring trying to pretend to have a fight with another guy and like whispering moves into the other person's <laughs> ear while you got him in a headlock. <laughs> Do a drop kick off the ropes. That I mean, that'd be cool too. If like um, they like had enough budget to add like. Or, like, if it was, like, a Super Nintendo game or later, to have, like, those spectacle moments. Like, if you were on the ring and you are able to literally pull a guy and, like, literally leave the theater and, like, go in a car and drive him to his grave and, <laughs> and bury him. <laughs> uh, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, though. I, I don't think uh, I have literally anything else to say about wrestling other than... I, I hope we get to see more wrestlers I, I'm in actually, Nintendo P. I'm going to pitch this. Any, anyone listening, if, if some random Nintendo fans listening, if you're not into wrestling, give it a shot. It's fun. It's fun. Video games are fun. Wrestling's fun. And there's a connection there. It's been around for thousands of years for a reason. <laughs> and there, we're about to talk about something that's probably going to be around for maybe three more issues for a reason. God, I hope so. <laughs> Which is the... Uh, uh, I wouldn't even call I'd call fan fiction show. Uh, Captain N, the Game Master. Boom. It's it, but it's not it's not the cartoon. It's the weird proto Captain Nintendo. Yeah, so that, it's like it's a little like mini book where every single magazine we get a new chapter of this weird Captain Nintendo story. I think part two, the part we're on, might be the last one. Is it? I could. I don't think it deserves. Mm. I think it's run its course. Yeah, the story's pretty much done. Uh, by the way, we didn't. I, I did a little research because okay. I did remember reading about the origins of Captain N, the Game Master, and this is the thing that a Nintendo of America employee wrote and put into the magazine as kind of a 
pilot or a uh, pitch for the cartoon. And then Deke, uh, dude's what gave us Sailor Moon and a bunch of other things, uh, the U.S. version of Sailor Moon, uh, changed it so that it was a kid from Northridge and it wasn't, you know, Captain Nintendo. And this is a, a Nintendo of America employee who uh, threw a bit of uh, like a workplace accident. Yes, a freak uh, accident. A freak at They had to put the days since our last injury thing in the warehouse to zero because some microchips yeah, exploded. There's like a computer explosion. He gets embedded with microchips and gains like 40 superpowers that they... Four paragraphs that of they superpowers. Give you four, literally, it's just four paragraph info dump on superpowers. And uh, which really is funny too because they do that uninteresting yeah. superpowers. Yeah, it's like uh, can control sound wave, which I mean I guess it's helpful. It but. was like everything a game console can do, or something. Yeah, it's like anything a game console could do. This guy oh. can do. Uh, yeah. So this this was, was um, busy. Credit where it's due. So all this stuff came from a guy named Randy Stuttered, and he wasn't actually credited or compensated when they did the eventual cartoon show. So that's kind of messed up. Um, is it? I think if I made a thing and it got turned into a thing, I would want, like... I mean, I, enough of the idea is there. Yeah, I guess, like, maybe you should give him some credit for having the name Captain Nintendo, but I'm, I'm, it looks like, other than the name Captain Nintendo, this guy really didn't, like, produce any helpful creative choices. I, yeah, after... Pretty much every choice he makes is wrong. <laughs> No, this is Maybe, one of I, this yeah, is one of my I, favorite things I've ever read. I'm being hard on him. It's fun. Uh, I mean, and it's not like the TV show is perfect either. They had Kevin <laughs> B from Northridge. Yeah, totally, totally. So you know that Kevin or some of his family members produce pornography. <laughs> yeah, before and or also, after the events of the show. I'm being a little hard on this thing. It's 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 a lovable adventure. Uh, I, I I gotta I gotta. I'm becoming Ganon myself. I need, I need to yeah. cool it. So in, in the last issue, after a lot of exposition, it kind of left us with a cliffhanger where Ganon and Mother Brain were real in the real world. They and, kind of start at the plot, pretty much. Like, yeah, so yeah, it, it's an origin story, and now we're getting to the showdown in Nintendo of America offices between uh, Brett and Tara and uh, who's his friend... The other friend, um, I don't know, Mark, Jimmy, Mark and or Jimmy versus uh, Ganon. Yeah, so this is like, yeah, this is this whole episode or like chapter is this big battle between him and Ganon. Uh, uh, I want to start out how it starts is like, so Ganon's on the loose, and the mother brain from Metroid is also on the loose. Uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot to deal with. Connected and like somehow, uh, mother I, brain is controlling. The show, yeah, she, yeah it's like Mother Brain things. is like is like the big bad, and like Ganon is almost working under the Mother Brain, which seems like a stretch. Like. I feel like Ganon would not totally, yeah, would like, not follow orders like that because Ganon wants to rule the world, and maybe Ganon has some secrets under his under, uh, you know, maybe he's playing his cards tight to the chest. I'm sure, I'm sure that's what's happening. <laughs> that's that's probably what's happening. <laughs> See, in the cartoon, there are no like. Uh, top tier villains like the mother brain's henchmen are like king hippo and eggplant they're like mid-level villains from the various games yeah except dr wiley i think shows up a bunch hmm. so I don't, I don't know yeah well 
I, I really like how this starts, which is him saying, oh, I'm just no-. like Brett, who's the guy who was embedded by microchips and is now Captain Nintendo, is just sitting down saying, I don't know if I can do Brett this. Brett should be bleeding out in the back of an ambulance. Yeah, well, but he's not. He's got, he's a super, he's, he, whatever, superpowers happen. And he's just sitting there <laughs> uh, talking about, I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm not the guy who should do this. And then the girl he has a crush on is like, no, 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 you're. You're Captain Nintendo. Come on, come on. He's like, no, nah, I'm just an ordinary guy. Get it, it together, th- Brett. And then it says, he looks in the mirror and he's like, oh, I'm wearing, I'm wearing the Captain Nintendo suit I I made for myself. Maybe I am Captain Nintendo. He has his, it, his Scott Pilgrim. I can do this. I can do anything. Moment. It is so weird to have fashioned yourself a super costume, put it on, say I'm Captain Nintendo, and then immediately sit down and just be like, I'm an ordinary guy. I don't. I think the ordinary guy talk of just sitting on the stairs being like, I don't have what it takes. Uh, uh, doing that in a in the big, grand superhero costume you made for yourself feels weird. See, Does and that the, feel weird to you? Well, so in narrative fiction, there's a thing called uh, uh, circling. Or, you know, like looping, where it's like if you need... So say you're writing um, the Men in Black movie adaptation novel or something like that. And uh, the publisher is like, we need 70,000 words. And you finish the draft. You're like, book's done. 45,000 words. Man, what you need to do is you need a loop. You need the character to, from where they are to plot the story, to go on an adventure that goes nowhere and end up right back where they started <laughs> 20,000 words later. <laughs> so I think, I think they might have been filling out the, the story a little bit with his, uh, with his sudden onset of, I'm just a normal guy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. This is, a, this is a classic. Like this is a professional writer technique. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds like it really results in great writing. Uh, <laughs> so hard on Captain Nintendo this issue. Uh, I want I want to point out. Okay, so a couple of things I noticed in the story because if I if I were to summarize the plot, there's Captain Nintendo brings Link into the world, and Link helps him fight Ganon. And then he eventually emerges victorious, but there's a promise of more danger later. Um, but there are a couple of things that I find really fun and bizarre. And I think it's just like from the era. For example, first aid. You know, uh, Tara is giving first aid to the, car- the guy whose name we can't remember. Max. Yeah. Max. Yeah, still attending to Max. Who's starting to Max. So Max, who we've already forgotten. <laughs> Poor Max. Um, She's giving him first aid, and they capitalize first aid in the story. And my best guess is that's because first aid as a concept was brand new in 1988 and 89. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. So that's like one strange thing. Um, I was surprised when Ganon turns invisible, but then I remembered that that's one of the main... Yeah, that's him in the game. Hey, that, that one's actually a really good nod to... We, I mean, we should probably mention Howard's in this issue. Wait, what? Yeah, he's in the story. He's in the story. I forgot. Very briefly, they, where they start in this one, they start to uh, bring in the power players a little bit more as like these kind of characters, and he needs help to fight Ganon, so he needs to go to the ultimate master of video games, who is Howard. He goes to the game counselors. Yeah, and so, but he, when he's going to the game counselors, he's originally just looking for Howard, who is not in the office. So there's a little Howard. Again, looping. Yeah. I need some help. I'm going to go to find Howard. And he can't. And he ends up back in the reception area. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so Howard's not. Uh, uh, is looping like a. Is looping's a thing that, like, you know, when people are like, ah, the. Um, 
the industry people are get, like turning this thing that was good bad. Is that like an example of that happening? Because like, I no, mean, th- right? Isn't good writing literally supposed to be condensed and short? Like shorter is better. <laughs> so isn't looping the exact opposite of what? Uh, not not necessarily. Because yeah. if you're writing uh, a book series, say uh, Miss Marple, you know uh, the mystery solving lady. That's an Agatha Christie. I haven't read it. Agatha Christie series. Uh, Hercule Poirot, Sherlock Holmes, your favorite detectives hanging out with their favorite detective friends. You don't mind hanging out with them for a little while longer, even if it doesn't go okay, anywhere. Yeah, right? so it's, yeah, it's like... You think so about like bottle episodes. It makes it a little a, more palpy or like it makes it a little more like it's more about just like existing in the world, right? Kind yeah, of yeah. And TV shows will do like, that too. Like, it's like, it's kind of like Futurama versus Rick and Morty. Like Futurama, it's kind of like not, not a lot. Ha- like it's just kind of a Hang slow on. show. What are you? Well, like not in a bad way. Tread lightly here, Brett. Oh, no. Futurama is like my favorite show of all time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm not trying. Futurama is like my favorite show, at least as a kid. I, I don't, think they both have pretty equal amounts of like canon like story world building stuff, right? Yeah, but like in I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of moments like when you watch Futurama, Futurama takes it like, itself more seriously. There's a lot of moments where the characters are just chilling. Where I feel like Future Rick and Morty is pretty quick into just going into the story. They, like they do get the, into it fast. Rick yeah. and Morty is pretty purposeful. So, uh, uh, where with Futurama they're like cool with being like, "Hey, we're just like in the we're in the Aqua Dome for this episode." And Matt Matt Grenig shows have that thing which I like, though, because like, then it feels like you're living in a world a little bit. I think that, that might appeal. be – it's like a format thing where the beginning of an episode of The Simpsons or Futurama, they're like, we're going to have a setting. Like, oh, the Harlem Globetrotters have come to Earth and challenged us to basketball you know, for, for pride. So now we have to – we need to riff on that before we get to the actual plot of the episode, which is we're now in these time skips. Totally, yeah. Uh, and so there's like we're just going to do five minutes where we just screw around. Which I love. Yeah, I, like, I like those intros. It just makes it feel – like you really feel like you're sinking into the world a little bit. I bet Rick and Morty doesn't do that because they can't. Do you, like you, you're just the, – like the, that's not the strength of the writers or – I don't know. I feel like I think feel like we're going off topic. Yeah, we're a little off topic. Look, Captain is <laughs> We're gonna talk about this on the break. Uh yeah, we'll circle back to this. Captain uh, Nintendo. Also, by the way, when Brett ends up in the reception area, it points out that the secretary, whose name I've also forgotten, has a crush on him. Yep. Brett's got this office on lockdown. Like, what is going on? Do you think yeah. Max is also into him? It's like Phantasmagoria 2, where his best friend is also like Hot yeah, for him. like I'm sure um, there's going to be a scene where Mario is really into <laughs> Super Mario is going to uh, <laughs> just talk about how into Brett he is. Brett, um, Brett's really uh, Brett's Brett's in a, a great position at well, least for a little that, while. That too, yeah. It actually, I was a little surprised at what happens at the end where uh, because it does make it feel more fan fictiony too. Because you know, okay, I, I'm, I'm being hard, but at the end of the day, this isn't a great. This isn't great writing. You know, in general, it, it's like fun and whatever, but you know, it's, it's, it feels like fan fiction, and I think a part of it that's very fan fiction y. Although, Brett, Captain Nintendo does kill Ganon with a letter opener. Yeah, yeah. Which is really crazy. Yeah, which is cool. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like having every character have a crush on the main character, like, it, I don't know, it kind of gets into that, like, weird part, like, fan fiction y stuff that makes it it's feel a little, a little bit less professional and feels a little bit more like a person just like living a fantasy brett randall's uh like kind of 
I mean, so he has the secretary that has a crush on him, and he in turn it's a love triangle because he has a crush on Tara. Yeah, and then Brett actually, I mean, he just for all his heroics fighting the video game characters, he is uh, he is a classy moron when it comes to women because <laughs> he asks Tara out in front of the receptionist. So when Tara says no. He is now like kind of shut down the receptionist too. Yeah. So Brett's uh, back to dating on what's it? Where do people hang out in Seattle? Mission Hill? I don't know. Well, yeah. When he asked her, I was like so ready for her to be like super into him. I was surprised that he got rejected at the end uh, yes. by a girl. I yes, just, Captain Nintendo. Yes. I you know? totally like that's what I was ready for. That's what I thought was going to happen. Oh, I'd also want to just point out, we mentioned that Howard in this, and we've also mentioned in earlier episodes that whenever Howard or Nestor, again, these are kind of the mascots of the Nintendo Power Magazine, whenever they pop up in anything, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sign that whatever they're in is bad. Like, if it's, <laughs> sometimes, like, a Wheel of Fortune game will pop up, and Howard and Nestor will, like, be in the advertising, and it's like, oh, that's because Wheel of Fortune is a bad game. I feel like this is the same thing. I think just Howard and... Nestor, like, um, I mean, they, they weren't uh, they, in they Mi- just they, they find shit, they find like poison and they hang around it. Like, they weren't in the Mickey Mouse capades feature, they weren't, yeah, just saying. But if they're, it's just more of if they're there, it's we're not, we're it's not, a, we're, it's a warning sign yeah. that we might <laughs> tread lightly. They're a red flag. Howard and Howard and Nestor appearing are a red flag. Like, if I, if I was on a dating app and the third picture was Howard and Nestor. I'd be like, okay, this is a this is a red flag. And so they so they finish out the story. Uh, we've basically wrapped up the plot. Like Captain Nintendo <laughs> yeah, saves the day with that. a letter opener, but Mother Brain is still out there. Uh, so the story might continue later. And then on the next page, they're like, "Hey, j- kids who read this magazine, you should send us some stories. We'll pay for them." Which is cool. I mean, like last um, issue, there was a like right. a contest for making a video game, and now there's one for writing. I'm glad that they're like encouraging kids to be creative and stuff like that. Like, that's please, fun. please submit stories. Oh <laughs> man, this is literally a contest to take Randy's job. I feel so bad. I don't want to dunk on the guy. Yeah, I do feel bad that I'm dunking on him. Um, well, I mean, that's the tough point. Is like I like I I bet he could. Like I, I, I honestly God think if he was like if he was actually like a person who legitimately cared about these stories he was writing, I bet it would have gotten better, to be honest. Yeah. I bet I bet in thirty issues we would have started been like, Oh, he's actually like getting better. I mean that's I feel like every time my favorite authors I read in real life, like their first books aren't great and then they just get better and it's cool to watch that arc. I bet if they actually put their trust into this Randy guy, if he truly was passionate about writing uh, I bet I bet we would have been able to see him see, get better. And if he got cut short, that's kind of sad because we didn't hey, get to see him get better. Sandman was good right out of the gate. Neuromancer, good right out of the gate. Sandman, the, the comics? Yeah. Oh, but that's – but I meant like – He the, was writing the stuff The first before Neil that. Gaiman – is that is that how you say his name? I think so. Whatever. Uh, that's not his first book though. If you read his first book, you would be like, oh, okay. That's not – Touche. <laughs> Neuromancer was William Gibson's first. I haven't read Neuromancer. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on to... Uh, we, we skipped by Sesame Street. We don't care about that because the next section is... Sorry, surreal. Sesame Street. Yeah, sorry. If any, I'm sure there's... Uh, if you're nostalgic for Sesame Street, Wait, sorry. Can I say one thing about Sesame Street? Sure. And we won't talk about it at all. We'll immediately go to Zelda 2. Got it. And yeah. not talk about but it for five I, minutes. I will not comment on this. Um, the, there's different Sesame Street characters for different parts of the world. So, like, there's not a big bird in 
South America, there's Abelardo Montoya. Huh. That's their big bird, and he's like a parrot. Like, and his th- name's Abelardo Montoya. That's wild. So is that for like the dub? Like, they so they actually produce their own Sesame Streets in different places. Is it like does he look the same? Does the bird look? Is it called Sesame Street? And or or yeah, it's it's a local. Like e- each place has the their version of Sesame Street in their language. Yeah. So is it kind of is it like licensed through Sesame Street? Is it still or is it like a is it like Mexican Breaking Bad? No, it, it's <laughs> or or the Thai movie posters. Yeah. No, this is real. Uh, it's real Sesame Street, but made in Spanish for Spanish speaking kiddos or Portuguese or what huh. have you. That's cool. And, and uh, yeah, they have there's regional characters and some of them. Oh man! All right, one more thing, and we'll change. Some of them are kind of fucked up because in a region, for example, you might be in. Uh, the Middle East, where car bombs are a problem. So you have a Oscar the Grouch alike who's like, don't mess around with IEDs. Ooh. That's wild. That, that'd be an interesting, like, slice of another culture to see, like, what the culture feels like they need to teach their kids. Uh, that would be, that's an interesting, like... I might, I might have the region wrong. Information to, yeah, whatever. That, that's, that's interesting. That's very interesting. All right. But, you we know should cut that out and go... <laughs> She go to Z- Z- I, 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 I don't know. I thought that was interesting. So then another interesting thing is uh, the sequel to Zelda 1, Zelda 2. The Zelda game where they really, really shook up the formula in a way that did not stick. Uh, this, this game is pretty highly regarded, even though they changed it. It is. I mean, that's the thing about Zelda. Like, I mean, this is probably the biggest black sheep of all the Zelda games, like for sure, for sure. Like, this is the one where, like, every Zelda game pretty much is. Even a, a bad Zelda game is still pretty much a masterpiece. Like, a bad Zelda game is... Well, there's that CDI game. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, this is this one and probably those, like, CDI games are the few exceptions where... Oh, but this is, like, an actually good game. Yeah. I, I fired this up the other day on the Switch uh, NES app because I wanted... I'd never really tried it. Would you, would you say... Would you, like... In my impression of this is it's kind of regarded as like a good solid game but not like an amazing great game which is most Zeldas. Would you agree with that or would you also say that you actually think this like hits that Zelda tier of next level video games I, don't really touch this? I haven't played enough of it to know for sure. One thing I will say that I thought was interesting playing it for a little while was they had it's side scrolling and the other Zelda games are all kind of top down. Well, it, but the the thing is the vibe of the combat still feels like Zelda. Something mm-hmm. about it still feels about right. Yeah, I, I I remember I played a little bit a while ago because I've just tried to beat every Zelda game. This is one of the few I haven't beaten. Oh, okay. Um, and I didn't play it for that long. I I would like to take another go at it at some point, but uh, it, I mean it. Yeah, it is. It's got. It's, it feels a little more RPG. It feels more classic, like JRPG. Like there's right. an overworld map that you kind of go around, and then you hit random encounters, and then you're in. Then the view changes from this overview map, where you're you're looking from the top down at these characters to looking at them from the side, like Mario. Uh, it's got kind of like an action RPG side scrolling quality to it. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it is cool because like there's actual like there's more RPG elements than any other one. Like you actually level up, right? If, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you get level ups that let you expand uh, your attack power and stuff, but you still have the Zelda abilities that give you new move sets and let you see the dark and so on and so forth. I really liked it. I actually kind of wanted to go back and play some more of it, maybe get through the first uh, palace. It's also known as like 
the hardest Zelda as well. Like it's it's apparently it's a very tough game to beat. So this feature in Nintendo Power is it's one of the big ones. So it's multiple multiple pages that show all the different enemies, and this is one of the first ones that I remember from these issues where they're actually giving you the game guide as kind of a narrative. So there's a lot of like. Oh, you know, from Northern Castle, always will Link's journey begin here where Zelda sleeps. Should he fail during an attempt, he must start out again at the North Castle. Like, it's narrative. Yeah, it's like, it's, which I think is fun, and I wish there was like, I mean, like, game guides aren't much of a thing anymore. Like, you don't buy, like, a, a thick game guide when you buy a game. but like, Watch somebody on you. You find the YouTube video where it's yeah. like, playthrough of X, no talking. Just the process is different, but I think with when it was a thing, it's so much more fun when they inject personality to it. Like there are certain games out there that I would, uh, I mean like the most obvious example of that is like earthbound. I mean, it literally came with a guide, but right. sometimes like the guide could be so fun that it's kind of part of the game. Like it's kind of becomes part of the game experience. And this feels like kind of more of a step in that direction where it, it, yeah. it feels like I would actually have more fun using this guide than just because the guide almost adds like a little bit of a role-playing aspect to it it kind of like the guide is so fun like when they have a map it really looks like a map that's like hand-drawn and like it kind of like adds a a flavor of role-playing to it, the game that it's really fun because i feel like it would make me feel a little more like especially with like a game with this old like old graphics it's like i'm link right now i'm i've got a map it, it helps with the immersion and it's also it's that thing we talked about way back in episode one where there's this experiential quality Especially if it's if if the feature is written as a narrative, then as a kid, if you don't have Zelda two, you have it in your mind thanks to the magazine. Totally. I mean, yeah, that's the thing is like uh, even guides that had less personality, but I, I think still did. Uh, as a kid, I know I spent a lot of time just looking through guides of games I never didn't even have. Like I would yeah. have full, thick, complete walkthroughs of games that I would just like find like laying around the house or something and I, I would never play the game and I'd just look through the guide and have fun that way. I have fond memories of playing through Shadowgate and the Flintstones NES <laughs> game in my mind. Yeah, and like a really like thick, fun guide. Uh, I, I would love to flip through some of the old ones I have memories of because I, I just feel like they started really having fun with them. I would actually rather read the Earthbound Player's Guide than play through Earthbound again. <laughs> I Honest think- to God, I could see like... Because playing through it is like 40 hours plus, right? Totally, yeah. It's a grind. Man, I love Earthbound, so I'll play it again. Oh, my God. Uh, I need to play Mother 3 still. Oh, man. That's a good game. This feature covers a lot of the palaces. Totally. I I, uh, I counted like, what, five or six so far? My only thing is I wonder if you can buy a more, if there's a version of of this guide that's complete. Because I feel like it would be a bummer to use this guide than not have it for the final half of the game. Zelda 2 wasn't in the original Nintendo's Player's Guide, the black, uh, the black one that I had. Mm-hmm. I had like a used copy. So it would have to have it's been in its own thing, or maybe there was a sequel that they put out. But I would not be surprised if it got the treatment. It's a... <laughs> You can get a player's guide that's all the cursed sequels. So it's Castlevania 2, Zelda 2, Mario 2. <laughs> and then uh, Legend of Kage. Yeah, and then they have a, uh, a map, uh, which is the classic map in poster and section. It, it's the centerfold. Centerfold. <laughs> if you want to play a drinking game with this podcast, every time we go, man, this map's cool. It, you, this you one, can make one because this is a cooler map than some of the other overworld maps. I'm going to say this is probably. But I know we and it's accurate. You can. There's the North Castle where you start. 
Uh, this is accurate-ish. The number one map of so far, I want to say. I'm going to go that far, and I'm going to say, looking at this map, the first time I felt this, seeing one of these maps, I wanted to play the game. You like, had an emotional reaction. I had an emotional to the overall reaction. Map. I saw the map, and I'm like, dang, I really need to play Zelda two now because I want to. I want to be in this world. I think. I mean, one big thing about it is that. It's gorgeously illustrated. It's not a collection of photos. It's not a photo collage. It's not... We, we saw a couple of clunky kind of not that great... The illustration was not great maps that didn't yeah. seem to fit the game, but this uh, feels like a fantasy epic. Yeah, totally. Like, it feels like um, if you were to buy, like, the uh, premium Lord of the Rings book that's, like, leather-bound, this is what the map would look like inside that. Before the third age of Hyrule, Zelda took a nap and didn't wake up, and a guy had to do some stuff. <laughs> and then um, on the other side of the centerfold, it's skate or die. <laughs> the 90s have arrived. Look at all these colors. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just right at the point where it's like big, bright colors and skateboards and just these kind of... like that's becoming Get your ass to kids. California. Yeah. Buy some neon. Get on that half-pipe, kid. Did you ever skate? <laughs> I so I rollerbladed and I distinctly remember going out rollerblading one day and doing a fall where I kind of didn't have my core tightened so I went down like face first and I felt my lower back pop and I was like I'm done yeah and I just went home and I that was the end of me rollerblading (laughs) yeah that's that sounds that sounds about uh, I don't on par with my experiences with this kind of stuff. I don't have back problems. I should say, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, if of the boarding things I could do, I've surfed a little bit. I'm not great at it, and I used to snowboard a fair amount. I have literally no experience. I, I ski a little bit, but that's not single board. That's a that's it's it doesn't count. Snowboarding um, is harder. Is yeah. my understanding. Uh, I also fucking wiped out hard trying to launch off ramps, surfboarding, and had to or uh, uh, snowboarding and had to lay in the snow and wonder if the pain I was feeling was going to last forever or yeah. if it's going to go away. And then I, I mean, stopped snowboarding. I'm not a big danger guy. <laughs> uh, Put you know, me inside of a suit made of pillows. Yeah. Make me, set me down on the I, couch. I prefer, like honestly, God, even like I remember in college, my, my buddy was into racquetball. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't want to get, <laughs> that sounds a little dangerous. Uh, it, like a lot of things, it was uh, in adulthood that I realized I could be physically active. And <laughs> aside from playing a little bit of soccer in, in high school, I, I didn't, you know, I, in my 30s, I got into CrossFit and covered in bruises. And I, I feel like I was a lot more active as a kid. Uh, like, I, I always ran track and I did hurdling, which I guess is kind of a dangerous sport. I broke my, ri- I broke my wrist doing it. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Uh, epic fall. Uh, <laughs> so there is a feature about Skate or Die. I don't have a ton to say about it, no. except I have really fond memories of the game, and our favorite squiggly line illustrator worked on the Skate or Die feature. So you have these very memorable, great-looking uh, skaters with, like, skull T-shirts with the sleeves ripped off. Oh, man, they look great. I Yeah, I, yeah it's, 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 a fun, I mean, it's, it's a fun illustrator. I, I would say my only two things on this would be, number one, uh, there's apparently a mini-game called Pool Jousting. Mm-hmm. Where you literally have two people on separate sides of an empty pool, and you—I I don't know the mechanics. Uh, I played this game so long ago, you, but you joust. You each hand. Other. I guess you take turns with the pugil stick. It's like you. I think each run you do 
because you're facing each other on the half pipe, and you each go down, and one of you can hit the other. Yeah, it's like jousting. You're like you're trying to knock each other down. Um, but then you trade. That's got to be the, the coolest, opposite side. That's got to be the coolest mini game uh, of ever, of anything. That's such a fun. I remember cool concept. I don't know if it's fun or not, but that sounds awesome. We should play some skater die. Uh, well, that's the thing. Then I guess the other thing would be I've got a lot of experience with these midway because these are originally arcade games, right? Remind me to play skater die with Brett. It's uh, yeah, no, it's it's great. I had a midway collection of like all of these midway again because these are arcade games that are being ported to the NES. This is this is an electronic arts game. Um, this is not a midway game, is it? I mean, it's on my. I, I played this through a midway collection, oh. and it's always there. Maybe EA was Maybe the publisher. EA is the one who uh, uh, transferred it to um, NES. Good, yeah, that's a good point. But it's really weird seeing this because I played this like collection of old games, and I assumed, uh, like, uh, it's weird seeing a different version of it because it's at this point of time, arcade games are better graphics than NES games. Yeah. So I played these games thinking they were like NES games on this collection, but looking at this NES version, I'm like, this isn't what I played. This is like weird graphics. Like everything's like really low. Graphically, yeah. and I, I, I just, I, I didn't know, that. I didn't ever like clock this as a thing, but it's, it's just a like, second generation NES game. Yeah, like it looks okay, but like it, I, for, I just like I didn't ever really think about this, but at this time, home consoles are not as good as our, like if you go to an arcade, you truly are getting a better experience. Uh, oh yeah, so and, so and, much better, and through power. Uh, which I think is interesting. Like I guess at this point, arcades still have an appeal because you truly, it's almost like kind of like vr now a little bit where like you can go to like a vr place where you can do stuff you wouldn't be able to do at your own home right uh so there is some appeal there still arcades has have arcades had so much i mean they were fun even in the 90s when it was like all fighting games and then it was starting to become all light gun games yeah which now it's like all light gun and then uh fruit ninja if you go to dave and busters it's like it's like a dystopian version of an arcade it's just it's just like almost nothing large phone games and like a giant phone screen it's just gigantic phone it's literally you want to slash some fruit if you go to an arcade 10 years old phone games not even modern phone games wild and like uh it 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 literally feels like a black mirror like episode. Uh yeah, the the only the only way you can get the arcade experience now is to go to a barcade because all us olds are soon to be old. Yeah, like, are like I want this experience but I also want to be able to drink. Whenever I go to a barcade, I'm surprised at how quickly I just decide that ski balls are the most fun thing to do drunk. Ski balls good. Cuz like I'm always there and I love arcades, but for some reason when I'm drinking, all I want to do is ski ball. I don't care about anything else. If I don't have a game that I want to be competitive with with somebody like Windjammers or maybe I want to play some Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, like if if I don't our Soul Calibur would be a big one for me. Yeah. If I don't have those, I got I can do about an hour. Yep. Yep, same here. Because all the games are free play. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's when it, as soon as the competition gets in there, and like it's really locking into that one game. But if you're not locking in, and you're kind of just doing the little taster treat, you're just kind of like playing a minute of every game. You kind of realize like, okay, this isn't really this is whatever. Yeah, I have no interest in being good at Donkey Kong. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Well, we're here. Let's let's let's, let's just get it over with. Let's just get yeah. Let's just uh, shoot the. It's uh, it's the Howard and Nestor comic. 
It's Howard and Nestor, as and, I uh, mes- mentioned earlier, the mascots of but, Nintendo Power. And this this episode's going to hit a little while after we record it, but you know the Olympics are wrapping up right now, and it is an Olympics themed Howard and Nestor comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is um, where did the Olympics take place? This in '88. Yeah. Wait, th- even this comic is like way out of date because this is January 89. So the Olympics would have been over the summer if it's summer Olympics. Yeah, this is more, this is more, uh, I, or actually, I, you, I wouldn't call it this magazine out of date. I'd call the game Track and Field 2 coming out out of date because they're kind of, the, the Track and Field game just came out. So they're kind of like highlighting that game. Yeah. And that's got to be part of the, um, the magazine being bi monthly. So it's, uh, you know, every other month, so you're, it's like four months removed from when Track and Field 2 actually hit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe even longer, because it probably hit over the summer of 88 when the games were happening, so like July, August. Yeah. So they talked about it at the end of the year. Maybe the game was delayed, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, so they're... Nestor's going to the Olympics, and um, Nestor, like, so he shows up, and just kind of just starts interfering with the Olympic games. Yeah, there, I mean, this is really, um, uh, you know... Uh, he shows up the, late. The writers, uh, you know, for this, like, really have painted Howard and Nestor as these really gray, you know, it's kind of... Morally like, it's gray. Kind of, it's, kind kind of, of, it's, it's honestly like modern writing. It's just, like, they're kind of anti-heroes. It's, it's like the Breaking uh, Bad of video game magazine comics. Totally. And I would say, this one actually, I would say Nestor kind of hits... Uh, almost just full villain it's it there's no gray it's like just uh all all, all he all, does all, all darkness because he's only a nuisance he there's no there's no there's really no redeeming i guess you could you could argue he's like because it kind of starts with him like he shows up late to the olympics and they've already started without him and he keeps going up to people as they're doing things like the pole vault and trying to find the coach who he does not know and yes. he keeps causing them to fail at their events. Yeah, so so he, he's fucking the American team. Here's the only redeeming fact. Well, how old is Nestor, do we think? Like, what's his age? He's like 22, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, honestly, that would change it. Because like, he's competing. I, I guess he could be younger if he's competing I mean, in the Olympics. He looks like a young kid. But, I, you know, maybe he is 22. Maybe that's why he's so weird is, like, he's this 22-year-old <laughs> trapped in a young man's body. He's de- In this one, I think he's 22. I, 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 I'm going to go as far to say as I think, uh, I think it wouldn't make sense if he wasn't 22 uh, trapped in a 13-year-old's body. And he doesn't know who the coach is and is shocked to find out it's Howard. Yeah, so he's looking for the coach. Okay, so the only thing I was going to say, well, now that he's 22, this is, isn't applicable. But I was going to say, if he was like this young kid just looking for like his coach slash like his parent, uh-huh. so I think that's understandable. It's like a kid wandering around. Like he's, he's asking the wrong people and fucking them up. But end of the day, it's actually like we shouldn't be like, oh, you little dumb little – someone should help this little kid find well, win, Winning a gold authority. medal in the Olympics has like the equivalent value of your country getting like $300 million, right? So he's costing uh, the, the United yeah, States that's a good point. But I, you I know, think close I, to a billion dollars in this comic. At a certain age, I think it's acceptable. But again – I think this, he's a war he's criminal. 20, he's 22. So this doesn't this, – none, <laughs> none of this applies. He's a 22-year-old trapped in a 13-year-old uh, body. Uh, so as you mentioned, he – Finds Howard, who's the coach. And yeah, and, and so Howard's like basically like, oh my god, you're here! You have to compete immediately because he's so late. And um, 
I have to wonder, is like, is Howard the head coach of all of the U.S., or is he just like the track and field coach? I guess he's just the track and field coach. So he's he's not necessarily covering – is diving track and field? I guess all of these events are under his watch. So does he know know. that Nestor is like ruining their their Olympic competitors? Yeah, I I guess maybe like – okay, here's – okay, so this one – Howard might be playing a deeper game than we're giving him credit here. He might have like allowed Nestor free, knowing he would cause a ruckus. And you think Howard's working with the Soviet Union? Yeah, I think. Well, no. Uh, he, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Nestor. We don't know that the people he fucked up, like the people he ruined, like their events. We don't know if they were American or not. Oh, you're right. Be, Maybe it be other countries. And Nigeria, Poland. And okay, I'm also going to go as far to say is even if Nestor's 22, he's he's got the the body of a young boy. (laughs) So so why would you put him in the Olympics if he wasn't just meant to be an agent of chaos? If you think about it, Nestor doesn't do great in the the triple jump. We see this. That's how the how the comic ends. He didn't prepare. He does the triple jump. He doesn't do bad. I don't think that was Howard's intention with Nestor. I think Nestor was there to fuck up the other teams. Okay, so you think Howard's like, we're just going to throw this, the triple jump, because Nestor's yes. in it. Nestor's, we have to get Nestor. He definitely is not prepared. He's not the prepared, and he's, he's not a full, he's not, he's not, he doesn't have any sort of athletic body to be, to be competing for the gold. And, okay, yeah, so, so Howard takes him out. He's like, great, you're here. It's time for your big moment. Wink, wink, wink. And then Nestor predictably is like, I didn't actually prepare. I'm not going to – and Howard's like, are you going to warm up? He's like, of course I did. Or no, he actually says, no, that's for amateurs. And, and then he uh, predictably like trips over his own shoe, which he didn't even bother to tie apparently. Yeah. And uh, eats shit. And then in the last panel, Howard says, I guess that's all from the Olympics. Who knows where we'll meet next time? And he has a, a shovel – and I mean, I think the obvious thing is that he's like supposed to dig Nestor out, but maybe he's trying to kill him to cover up the fact that he's. I, yeah, look, I, I, I was actually also going to point out that uh, Howard with that shovel looks pretty, pretty, pretty slimy. I don't know what he's playing. I feel like there are some dark plans with that shovel, <laughs> and I'm glad we've uh, like uncovered this further. Probably going to try to kill him. I think. I think. Nestor might just not be in the comics from moving forward, and it's just not going to be brought up. I think Nestor might mysteriously disappear. It's it's pretty. I mean, if Howard is really playing a long game here, it's. Uh, I mean, you think it's like think House of Cards it's like, where okay, we lost a gold medal, but if we caused Russia, you know, Spain, you know, all these places to not get golds, you know, end of the day, uh, you know, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe Nestor caused us to potentially win the Olympics, and you know, we lose one gold medal in hopes of. I mean, we see him screw up three events because the discus the pole vault and the diving yeah how many more could he have disrupted in the, in the 20 minutes that he's been in wherever the olympics were held in well, 1988 i think we all agree that uh howard nestor isn't a comic about what's happening in the panels it's about what's happening outside of the panels <laughs> that's where all the thoughts happen it's true this is um there's there's really powerful um thematic storytelling happening between the lines here Man, this is this is ridiculous. I, I actually don't know. I thought this was going to be a pretty simple one, but I don't know if I'm a Howard or a Nestor for this one. This is this is a pretty dark story. I mean, it 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 it, it says all the qualities of now. This could be a, a Coen Brothers movie if Howard then accidentally decapitated himself with the shovel. 
Oh, honestly, again, I think I, I like Howard more when he's losing. <laughs> I think he pulls off. I, I think his plan works here. I think both of them play their role perfectly. I mean, that's, this is this is getting so much crazier than I thought it was ever going to get. Because like Howard has weirdly like he's still a piece of shit. Yeah, but he's such a he's such a. He's so congenial. Yeah, that I'm like, he man, so friendly. I, I can't help but respect him at this point. Like he's, I'm going the other way where I'm kind of just like, I'm like, is he, is he, is he a good person? No, but is he, is he a genius? Yeah, I think. Do you think Howard is doing this House of Cards style to destroy the election of George H. W. Bush, or? Mm. Who did he run against? Dukakis. That's a good point. Well, yeah. What? Well, what year are we right now? I mean, so this it's is- eighty-eight. So it's an election year, and that would have been George H. W. Bush. So like more Ronald Reagan, and he so went up against nineteen eighty-eight election. Yeah. So it was Bush and Quayle. And so do you think Howard? That, I mean, that, yeah, because if you're going to kill a child, well, twenty-two year old. So Howard, Howard Phillips obviously worked at the CIA, where George H. W. Bush was director for a while. We all know this. And uh, probably some House of Cards stuff went down where he huh. wronged Howard Phillips, and Howard Phillips is like, I'm going to tank this for you. But then it didn't work because Dukakis self-destructed. Man. Yeah. I, I, I actually think that's probably what happened. I think this is uh... – <laughs> Man. I think we fully unpacked it. I think I think we cracked this, the code here. This is one of the greatest things I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I I think I'm good here. I think uh, I think we've done. We, have, we've done. We've. This is incredible critical analysis. This is probably the best one we've done. Do you want to take a break? Yeah, I'm done for it. All right. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go! Here we go! Here we go! All right, you want to send me and Weston some emails? Oh, no. Yeah. Now you can. Now you can. Send them to mailbox at nowyourplane.com. Yeah! All right, let's get back to the guys. All right, here we go. Welcome back. Back from the break. Uh, had some conspiracy beers. Yeah, we... Man, Howard is in the Hague right now for <laughs> crimes. International international criminal court. Oh. They, the U.S. doesn't participate in it, but they made an exception for Howard. <laughs> and this is all in the fictional universe, of course. Yeah, but it's canon. But it's canon. All right, where are we? All right, yeah, we're at the counselor corner. So this is uh, where little kids... We'll ask questions about video games, and the great counselors will answer them. And I actually had a question for you. I think you okay. like, sent me stuff about this. Like you sent me a picture of like a binder that is like, uh, like it seems like these counselors will play a game and create like a very thick guide for it. It's like yeah, and it's not clear if this. It, I get the impression that some of those binders, it's stu- it's information you copy, but some of it is like stuff that you create yourself and then maybe share with the other counselors about games. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Is it like, is it a counselor or someone who's like really knowledgeable about video games and like a kid asks, I'm sure it's, it's almost seems like counselors are people who, uh, 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 it, it almost seems like the process. And I don't know if this is how it is, but are you literally just playing games and creating these really thick, very secretive guides that no one has access to? 
and then uh, uh, when people ask questions, you just consult to the guides. So I did see Art of Nintendo Power. Uh, that that dude has several game counselor binders because he collects them, yeah. and he was saying that this specific binder he ended up with was from so-and-so guy and what that guy specialized in something like Nintendo games M to Z. So it's like you, it sounds like it got to the point where the catalog was so big that you ended up with a certain segment of games and that was the stuff that you knew. And it's gotta be that, you know, a bunch of that stuff offhand and then a bunch of it, you end up just, uh, having the answers in the book if you need it. Totally. And that, like, ideally, so I guess the idea, right, too, is, like, a counselor, the nice thing about getting, like, a human answer is they're going to answer it no matter what. Uh, or, like, and if you just been, bought a guide, it might not answer your questions. So, And think, they, they, they probably have taken enough questions about those games yeah. that statistically they're going to know what you need and also how to get the info to you in a way that your problem gets answered. Totally. So it's, 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 uh, I mean, even nowadays, like this doesn't exist anymore, but if I was stuck in a game, you know, in a perfect world with literally anything, like with my printer not working with any problem I ever run into Mm -hmm. to have a human being talk me through it is, I guess, optimal. I, I used to, my first like real job was as customer service function manager for a cinema gear company. Mm. So I had to, and this is like stuff where it's like this is an era where to make something look filmic on a you know a high end camcorder like a professional camcorder you had to basically focus the camcorder on a ground glass inside of a box and then use a 35 millimeter still lens or a cinema lens to project an image onto that ground glass so as you can imagine wow. that's a lot of things that could be like uh off if you will so i yeah. had to very delicate process. You, you could spend days going back and forth with some dude somewhere on the globe, and like you'd both be pulling your hair out because you couldn't. So you had to design the process yeah, yeah, so you figure tough. out what's going on and how can you help them quick. Did you feel like you got better at that job as you went on? Absolutely. Yeah, that, that was definitely a thing where it's like after you go through a couple of nightmare scenarios with somebody, you're like, just send me a picture of, of your setup. Like and it's like three of your things are upside down and then it's like okay yeah that everything's working that's the nice thing about like I feel like that makes those nightmare scenarios better I feel like that's just life in general it's like you'll hit those nightmare scenarios like this sucks and it's just like no that's learning that's like it's good that's just what that's how you get better at being alive yeah Uh, did you notice that so we have some more counselor pictures here and I noticed something weird did you notice a weird thing about these counselor pictures I did not. So oh, I am now a little bit. You see it? Okay, so on the second page account, uh, second page, you, you got Jim Mueller and Cliff Hammond, and they look like the same guy with different hair. Yep. And you flip the page, and you have Dave Conley and Brian Taney, a couple of mustache men, also look like the same they, guy. Everyone, yeah. They did. They have to have done this on purpose, right? This is this is intentional. It, right? May, yeah, maybe because yeah, it's got to be. I, I actually skipped this section pretty. I think I brushed through it, but There's now not, that you pointed out, it's like they're clones, like clones. Like they don't, they don't even look like they're siblings. They look like they're clones. They look like the. It's the same guy, with yeah, like it's wearing a different. Like if you, if you said they were brothers, I'd be like, no, 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 they're the same person. They're not brothers. They're the same person. Somebody was doing international crimes in a lab and. 
Jim and Cliff ended up in different foster homes and uh, both found their way to Nintendo because they are the same guy. It's wild. I I think they... This is another part where it's like, I want to get somebody that worked on this magazine on because I think they did that on purpose. They're like, who in the office looks the most the same? You two doppelgangers. It's so creepy. They're just messing with us now. They're going to do one where it's like four different people and it's the same picture. They're in my head for sure. I just want to do a quick shout out for Marble Madness. That game's hard. I love Marble Madness. It's a good game. I I love any game. Super Monkey Ball is like one of my favorite games. Any game that involves a marble on a course, like a labyrinth. Any game you got a little marble and you're just like hitting tight corners and it's all about precision and like memorizing the course. This is probably my favorite game genre. (laughs) Marble games might be my favorite game genre. And it is... I, 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 I have nothing else to say, but I have very fond memories of this game, and I still play it. Actually, this was a game that I saw, and I was like, fuck, I'm going to go play this, and I played a little bit of Marble Madness, uh, and I love it. And, and Stage 4 it's is really, called, uh, or, or Stage 5, I guess, is called Silly Race. Oh, it's, it's, it's the, like the final level they call just, it's like Hard Race, it's like, or it's like, easy, it's like Starter Race. Uh, normal race, intermediate race, hard race, silly race. Like you, you work your way up to silly race, and I find that really charming. I like how the marble rolls. It has a so to give it the illusion of movement because it's just a blue sphere. Yeah, uh, they have this animated kind of ring of dots inside of oh, it. Oh yeah, totally. And it spins very smoothly. It looks really good. That's a good point. I feel like in these, if you're a creator of one of these marble games, you really have to think about like how the marble looks. We got to make this marble look. Excellent. Yeah, and stuff like that. And like, I feel like uh, for Super Monkey Ball, I do wonder if like them deciding to like put a little creature inside the ball. Like, uh, you know, I think that's one thing I love about game design and just like creativity in general. It's like when there's so much thought put behind one decision, you take for granted. Yeah, uh, yeah, is cool. And I feel like it that applies to this. The arcade game for Marble Madness, you had a rollerball for the controller, right? You did. Yes. Yeah. And I actually always found because uh, again, this is uh, back to the uh, skate or die. I played this on like a midway. I played this like on an arcade game collection. So the version I played was much better graphics than this NES version, and it oh, looked a wow. little bit different. But uh, with the joystick, I, I don't know if I'm just wasn't good enough or didn't know the right mechanics, but there were certain areas that you couldn't get into because you couldn't get the marble to go fast enough. Like there was like a ramp that would do a shortcut that you couldn't do in the version I had because if you played at the arcade, you'd actually have like a marble trackpad that you could like zoom really, really fast. And so you could have the marble have a higher top speed than you could with a joystick. And so certain things didn't translate well to that. Uh, that's the same with Monkey Ball. It's like some of these games that are like all about precision. It, it's very different, and it feels very different in an arcade setting versus... Uh, you, you were talking about liking skee-ball. Uh, yeah. th- this has a certain tactile, or maybe my favorite hands-on um, arcade game is they have... Uh, Blipsy's Barcade had this, uh, and I've seen it at other... Um, like kind of barcade venues. Game? It's the one with the two handles and you have the uh, ball bearing on rods that you're lifting up and there's, oh, it's great. leaning yeah. against a board at a, at an angle. What is that called? I want to call it beer buddies. It's I know hard, that's wrong. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to describe. So yeah, imagine it's, it's like, not an, it's not a video game. It's, it's, it's a physical game yeah, where like, you are trying to get a Chrome ball on a rod pushed up to the top of a, play field a vertical play field and it can fall into these holes so you have to balance the angle of the rod with these two levers 
so that the chrome ball rolls around. There's a bunch of games with that style of play, and I was surprised at how much I enjoy playing that. Oh, I, love, I mean, that's why I like these games. Like, I like Super Monkey Ball more than the second one. It's just I like games that are all about precision, and these, like, kind of very simple versions of these games, where it's really just, like, get this. there's this little tiny turn that's really, really tight. Yeah, I but love, when you nail it. I love just nailing that tight corner. It feels right. so... It's so satisfying to get good at that. I mean, in fact, there's, like... a. Okay, I keep going to monkey ball, but uh, with doctors used to there's there, I remember seeing an article about that at a hospital these doctors or these surgeons would play monkey ball before surgery oh. to get themselves in the zone because that's what these games really do for you. That's a similar type of like you kind of just got to balance things yeah. so that they work out. And it's so fun for me personally to get in that zone where you're just you're fucking zeroed in, nothing else exists, and you just see that corner and you're like, I know exactly how fast I I know that little little touch on the fucking pinky finger to fucking make that work. I, we should not, I'm assuming you don't have anything to say about this game, right? Operation Wolf. Uh, I have one thing to say. Okay, I do too. Um, so Operation Wolf is a, I believe it's an arcade style shooter. So you have a cursor on the screen, you're moving around and shooting guys like Cabal or something. Uh, and you're s- slowly scrolling through a level and it's like rescuing POWs. So it's got kind of a Rambo First Blood Part 2 kind of vibe. Yeah. I just, at the very end of this, you see like a, the windscreen where there's this just... <laughs> ghoulish looking uh politician guy who looks like the fucking devil himself in american politician form congratulating you that seems like that should be the game over screen yeah who who is this man because he is terrifying looking i mean this game i found to be very terrifying and weird uh did you read like the plot synopsis of it at all because it's it's, it kind of reflects what you just said like that weird like it's like that post vietnam we're in the 80s we got to go get the pow's from the the one war we lost yeah it's it's and it's so like vague this game is so vague It, it, it literally the plot of this game is the uh they 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 call the good guys the pro americans Okay. The pro-American faction versus the anti-American. Okay, so we're the, we're the nation battle. building somewhere in the jungle. We have no they they don't they don't have the balls to say what these are, but there's just the pro-American. Yo, you're going to Nicaragua versus the anti-Americans. It is just such a, such a weird, vague, uh, in a kind of toxic. So when Howard worked at the CIA, thing it's weird. Uh, he he and George H. W. Bush arranged the assassination of the. Uh, in this vague jungle country, uh, you know, the assassination of the, you know, it's like a communist leader or whatever, democratic, <laughs> democratically, uh, we're going around nation building a little bit. And then there were some POWs and uh, now you have to rescue the POWs. And honestly, it creeps me out. Anyone who would be like into this, super into this, because like it's dude, this era was so it's creepy because like it's like the jingoism. Someone who's like, oh, I'm a pro American. I want to kill anyone. All these anti Americans. Let's destroy them. And then at the end, there's this grubby little politician giving you a handshake, and you're like, yeah, I want anyone who's like fully buying into this world is like, ooh, you could uh, this. Uh, I'm sure you could be convinced to do anything dangerous. Uh, if this game at the end, the politician yeah, this- like brings his hand out and was like, "Kill your brother," you might do it uh, just because. <laughs> I could not think of a. I mean, do you think they did that on purpose? Because that guy looks. I know, just like, evil. It's 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 like it almost seems like propaganda parody. It it almost feels like they're parodying propaganda. I don't know if they are or not, but that it, it seems like yeah, they're like jokingly like. Literally being like the pro-American faction versus the anti-American faction. Like that sounds like a parody decision. You could make it – I mean this era was extremely patriotic. 
in a in a really in a bizarre way. It, and it does. It feels weird to us now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very weird. I mean, you could just picture. I, there are ways to make that guy creepier looking. Like you could put him in front of a giant American flag. You could put him in front of a graveyard. <laughs> you could put him in front of a. Um, it's like maybe in the background there's a set table with a giant, uh, like a pig with an apple in its mouth <laughs> in the middle of it. Uh, man, what else could you do? I, I feel like you could put something in his hand, like just um, like a popsicle in his hand. <laughs> He's got a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, so it's a cigarette in his hand. God, that guy just looks like a ghoul. Ugh. Yeah, okay, I, 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 let's move on. I, I, this, this guy's going to haunt my dreams. All right, sports games. Uh, more sports, sports games. games. Uh, Te- Tecmo Bowl is good. Play Tecmo Bowl, the end. Every, every, every month, five football games come out. Come on, buy one of them. This is John Elway's quarterback NFL football. Why did they separate? Uh, there's some typos in this one. All right, Tecmo Bowl has great uh, halftime show. You can see the thigh definition on the cheerleaders <laughs> here. Let's just zoom in on that. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah they have like a little little NES graphic cutscene of cheerleaders being being hot. I don't know if that's the appeal. Are they trying to get horny teenagers to buy this? I would rather is my guess, right? I feel like sometimes I'll play these old sport games and be surprised at how fun it is. Like I feel like there's so many of them, it's easy to be like, oh, they're nothing. But you know, there's a couple couple diamonds in the in the rough. Yeah, a couple oh, yeah. are going to be like a real. In fact, probably be more fun than. You know, like, be surprisingly, like, I could see, like, myself playing, like, 50 NES games and being, like, I had the most fun with NFL Football 3000 for certain. <laughs> like, I just, I'm surprised that was the one I, uh, might not have been the most artful game, but was the most fun I had. More features. Metal, metal Gear. Yeah, so this is a big game. Uh, I don't really, like, have any, like, personal, uh, Tied to the Metal Gear games, and I've never played. I'm I'm very curious. Is the original Metal Gear like a revolutionary game? I know it's it's highly regarded. This version of it does not have the giant robot as the final boss. Ooh. It has a supercomputer as a final boss because that was an Amiga game, and the NES couldn't handle it for whatever reason. But it's still got all the stealth stuff and on-site procurement and stuff. Didn't they in- invent this genre? Like, isn't that kind of what it is? Like, this is tactical. an invention of, uh, of that thing? So I read the FX9 novel adaptation of Bionic Commando, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. I also read the FX9 adaptation of Metal Gear, and uh, I remember really enjoying it. <laughs> it's a very video gamey. I, I remember in one sequence, uh, Solid Snake jumps off a three-story building and survives. Yeah. Which was actually kind of cool. It was a cool action sequence. Because it's literally him... How, how do you jump off a three-story building and not break your legs? I dig it. I remember when Metal Gear Solid came out, like what a profoundly huge deal it was. I feel like Metal Gear was not the same. Metal Gear was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And then Metal Gear Solid hit, and it was like Mario 64 or something, where everybody just lost their minds. Yeah, I feel like that was... When did that come out? Like, what, what, what system? So that, that was the PlayStation. Metal was Gear like Solid 97? Okay, that's what I thought. I feel like that's... an old enough game where like i wasn't like conscious enough as a human being yeah you were like one like, year old yeah i, I wasn't able to came like, out i wasn't able to like realize how big of a deal it was uh and it, it kind of just like games like metal gear solid and um zelda were just the standard for me right you know, versus like the i didn't see the standard get built i just saw the standard i would be up for i i have done 
playthroughs, maybe up through about halfway through Metal Gear Solid. I'm not sure I'd be up for a full playthrough of Metal Gear. Maybe the Amiga version. I would totally play it. That, it feels like a game I should play. They, they're, they're big games. Um. Absolutely. And it is canon. So it's like right before the events of this game was the events of Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Oh, really? In the 80s. That's cool. <laughs> Where you can put on like man eater or on a cassette tape and go into the jungle and kill everybody in a base <laughs> blow it up with missiles i haven't i haven't played any metal gears game uh, ever I, I tried four and i kind of bounced off it i think i played it too late after it came out to the point where like it might have been like right me bu- uh, brushing up against a game that was just a bit older in design i only ever the, the only one i ever finished was metal gear solid 5 i metal gear solid 5 has a lot of open world kind of mission-based trappings that are really cool, that are a little more... Yeah, 5 was a game that I feel like was this game that everyone... like Kind of like Uncharted 4 territory where everyone was like, this is a great game. And it just didn't feel like a big deal that it was out, though. Like, oh, no, man. I, would you disagree? Like, I, it just felt like it wasn't getting like a lot of media coverage. It's, it wasn't, it wasn't the wasn't, same... Like, people weren't, it just didn't like blow up the internet or like kind of hit word of mouth in the way that you know other great games... Because it was like known as like a masterpiece, right? Well, it it's kind of unfinished in a weird way. Oh, it's really? hard to explain until you play through the whole thing. But like, it's a very different game from the previous Metal Gears, which are more linear and more cinematic. So that game has cinematic stuff. But like, what I loved about the game was that you were basically building a base on a bunch of oil rig platforms in the middle of the ocean and going on these missions with partners like you could get a dog that would be your dog buddy and you could use the dog to you literally train the dog to put a knife in his mouth like put the handle of the knife in his mouth jump up and cut a guy's throat and that's like you have to like slowly upgrade your way to that point yeah that's fucking sick yeah that's it i'm the buddies you get in that game are so good that's awesome and And uh, like is there actually like legitimate base building mechanics happening like is that you you truly feel like you're building out this like cool base oh yeah yeah you have this giant base and you capture soldiers and the way you capture them this is the best part of the game you literally put a balloon on you knock them unconscious you don't want to kill them because you need them for your base yeah you put a balloon on them, like a weather balloon, <laughs> and it drags them up into the air. And then you hear an airplane flying overhead, and the airplane grabs them and takes them to your base, and they become one of your soldiers. Oh, that's awesome. So you, you find, like, you're you, selling me on this game. I want to play it. I, I was just talking about Subnautica. I'd put Metal Gear Solid Five also in one of my top favorite game experiences of all time. I loved playing that Aren't, game. Well, is this still the same? Is it Kojima or whatever? This was the last game he did at Konami. Is he and he create? Did he create the first Metal Gear? Mm-hmm. So, and his games always have like a kind of silly sense of humor, right? That game. I mean, you can you get cassette tapes with 1980 songs in that game, so you can literally in Metal Gear Solid Five, you can put on Man Eater or The Man Who Sold the World or any number of 80s hits and go around a base shooting rocket launchers at people. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's so good. Do you know if his like earlier games had that same silly energy to it or? Uh was it early enough where like that's kind of hard to like have that character in, in a game? It would be fun to go if we ever stream games. We should go play uh, Police Knots and Snatcher, which are like the adventure games that he made that are kind of Blade Runnery. Ooh! And they uh, like in the 16-bit era when he wasn't doing Metal Gear games. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're all. You know what it is? Is they all feel very reverential to like Hollywood movies. Yeah. But they're all super weird and kind of self-aware. Okay. 
also those games kind of pervy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like girls in showers, and they have to age them up in the American version, so they're eighteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that that that'll happen. Hey, uh, on that note, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move on. Okay, video shorts. We've got nothing. A lot of a lot of video games in the video, video shorts. Video games coming out. If you Rampage is in here, can't wait to talk about Rampage. Rampage is awesome. We got Pack Watch. Pack Watch. Ninja Gaiden. All I wanted to say here. Whatever. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's a good game. I hear good things about Ninja Gaiden so hard. I've never played it. So they have this section where they're, I think this is the first time in the magazine they have acknowledged trade shows. So they wanted to talk about CES, which is like a January trade show. Although here they have a middle of the year CES also. Nowadays, it's just January. Okay. And uh, that's back in the day before there was E3. This is where they showed off all their uh, new Nintendo tapes. I just, they... (laughs) So to kind of create the idea of like we're going to get hot tips and gossip from the show, they created these things called gossip gremlins, and they they some animator who's like high on bath salts. Yeah, these are pretty creepy. Just illustrated a bunch of weird, weird looking things to talk about upcoming games like Bayou Billy. Although, yeah, and this is some of the. It first- almost feels like a person like made a failed like card game. Yeah, it's it almost like, feels like yeah, these are like monsters for like a Yu-Gi-Oh type or Pokemon type game that that, just, that he like had all these designs, but uh, the card games never took off, or and he he reused the the different monsters uh, as little creatures that give tips on video or that give. I, I find them deeply disturbing. I think probably the most deeply disturbing one is this. Um, yeah, it's almost l- little pink gremlin monster with big fat red lips. Yeah, they're all pretty. It almost feels like a, if Pokemon you was just, made by the Garbage Pail Kids guys. <laughs> it's a garbage, garbage Pail Kid Pokemon. That's correct. <laughs> Players Poll Contest. Players Poll Contest is here once again after the holidays, like kind of a big step down. Totally. Um, I was wondering if they would like continue uh, that like kind of step up energy. But if you, if you were unlucky enough to win this one, you got a couple, like one Nintendo game. No, zero Nintendo games. And you got a bunch of third-party Nintendo accessories, most of which are not good controllers. Yeah, like the yeah the one one winner gets like that's such a bummer. Like that's, such a bummer. You literally get things that will like go into the closet. Yeah, because you're gonna try out the the Roland Rocker, which is like a balance board that I guess you can control games with, and you're gonna find out real fast. That's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. Yeah, it's a bad present. I mean, not a present. But it's, it's, it would it, be a bad it, present. It, well, no, here's what, But what I would say, though, is I think as a kid, getting this, uh, even though I think a, the number one grand prize would be much grander, I think as a kid, even though this obviously isn't long-term great, I think the, the day you get this would be the coolest day ever. You'd have like, the coolest two hours. Yeah, totally. But like that's where, like that's I feel like sometimes I really like it when you get pieces like... I like Christmases where you get things that aren't. It makes Christmas is more fun when you get things that you would only use for an hour. It's less oh. fun when you get. So it's it's more like what's more important: the event of Christmas or the long term hmm. uh, use of the presents you get. So if you get like a bunch of like blankets that you needed or like new shower a new shower head, it's like great. That'll like actually make my life better. But it but doesn't bring me joy today. Today at this moment on God's birthday. On God's birthday. I, I want to. I want to play this thing for an hour. Totally. Or yeah. yeah, it's like you'll get like a pen that has Lincoln logs in it. And you're like, <laughs> oh, that's so sick. 
and then you never use it. Thanks, aunt and uncle. Going into the NES Journal, I think the first article is really interesting. Did you, oh, read, yeah, the, did you read into this? I, I did. So I, I know we were just dunking on third-party controllers, but there is one third-party controller in here that's super cool. Yeah. That's this one. It's the hands-free controller. It's designed for um, disabled kids who can't it's, – it's for if you can't use your hands to control a game. So it has yeah, controls so you don't for have, your – Yeah, for so if whatever reason you can't control your hands uh, – you. This is the thing that you can do it all with your head. You literally. It's amazing. You you blow. You suck in for the B input. You like blow out for the A input. And Sip you use and your puff ch- method, method. You use your chin to control the joystick. That's um, so cool. And, and I actually was curious, and I looked more. I looked into this a little bit more, and apparently, in like they still use this device in hospitals as like a rehabilitate. Rehabilitate. No way. Re- rehabilitation. Re rehabilitate. Oh, God damn it. Rehabil- Rehabilitation. Rehabilitation. <laughs> uh, they still use this device as a, as a, in that process. Like, that's still used in some hospitals. Like, the person who was talking about it, I believe, purchased the one he had from a hospital, and it's still used. No way. I, I, I don't know the details on that, and I couldn't say it farther into that, but I just thought that was a really interesting thing. And I, I it also showed, like, this was a cool thing, because I actually, I'm going to guess... They probably didn't like actually make a lot of money off this. This actually seemed like no. uh, a kind of a cool ethical decision versus like a businessy decision to just to try to make video games a little less inclusive. I thought I, I think it's cool. So they have some pricing here, and basically, if you bought the controller on its own, it's pretty expensive. But they didn't make it if you bought it with a Nintendo system and and a game. It was only like sixty dollars more for the whole thing. So they. I think Nintendo went out of their way to make this like really affordable so they could get it in the hands of kids who couldn't otherwise control games. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I still vividly remember a mailbox letter in a upcoming issue of Nintendo power that I read when I was a kid where a, a boy wrote in and was like, my brother doesn't have arms and he learned how to play a Nintendo controller with his feet. Oh, wow. And he had like a picture and it was, I, I still remember that as like a really neat thing. So yeah, this, the, the one cool controller thing in the issue. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I haven't like, and I, I mean, I guess controllers are so complicated. I guess it would be a real tall order to try to recreate something like this, but yeah. Did you see, I, I don't know how you would do it if you just had control from the neck up, like, yeah. like this controller does. I think there's certain games you could still play, like RPGs and stuff, where you're oh, just kind yeah. of driving a menu. But um, uh, Microsoft has that really cool controller system where it's actually a, just a series of parts, and you configure it with what works for you. Oh, wow. So they have, like, it's like a board and a bunch of, like, just standalone, like, just big buttons that are really easy to press. So if you don't have a lot of fine motor control or whatever, and you just kind of... Figure out, like, it's... Oh, that's cool. I I, I didn't know that this was still... I was, like... Hoping that maybe that this is still something people are trying to do to make sure that anyone can play games. Cause yeah, when, when I saw that come out, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, th- this stuff is so... Let's make games easier for people to play. Let people enjoy things. Let's see. Uh, that was my main thing for the for the news. Yep, not not much else going on in uh, in here, although there is a review of a bunch of music stuff, and the only... I guess Debbie Gibson was a name, but Huey Lewis in the news is in here. <laughs> but it, it's not... Them playing Nintendo games is just their new upcoming music. I have to be honest. Every time I've ever read these, I have as soon as we get into the sports section, I I am not even giving it 
any amount of minutes to try to even figure out what it is. I just skip it. Yeah, the, the celebrity profile is not... Or, the, yeah, the celebrity stuff. Yeah, th- this time they do the entire U.S. volleyball team. Or, no, it's it's the team captain, but it's it's just not... I didn't enjoy... I really enjoyed the one with the football players a couple issues back. This <laughs> one's not doing a lot for me. Yeah. Mailbox. Okay, well, then, if we want to move to the mailbox... Uh, Let's do I, it. I, I, did you have... None of these really stuck out to me as... The next time somebody writes in a letter where their family spends rich people money to fly to multiple states and countries to get a video game system like in the last issue, we'll definitely cover that. But I didn't see anything this time. Yep. All right. Well, I think it's time for uh, another little highlight of, the, of this podcast, the Power Player Spotlight. Hell yes. Now, there was, I, I found these to be a little underwhelming, except for one, which I think was a real real home run. Why don't you, do you want to call that one out? Yeah, so my, what I would consider a home run was Alex Thayer. Oh, he's partly on one. So a See, couple of funny things about it right off the bat is he definitely, uh, like there's one, they, they like spotlight these power players, and they always, uh, there's always like one special power player who gets like this full spotlight at the end, like, Right, and they like really do an in depth like, what are your hobbies? What are what are these stuff? I don't. And this underst- kid, I think I don't understand how it worked, but it, clearly this kid messed up somehow because he formatted his letter, which is normally just like your like pitch of being a power player, oh, yeah. into giving himself those questions and answering them. Yeah, he he was trying to he's trying to game the system because the power player profile goes to Jose Quinones in Puerto Rico is our power player, and he's a Strapping young lad seems cool, but that, that's not this kid. This is Alex, and he kind of made his own secondary power player profile <laughs> out of his letter. Yeah, like he just like forced his format to be like the 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 main the main dish. I am the winner of this Academy Award. Uh, yeah, do you, do you want to do the read, or should I read it? Uh, uh, I think it's a pretty good read, to be honest. Sure, I'll, I'll read it. I remember it. Let's see. My name is Alex Thayer, and I believe that I am a Nintendo Power Player. These are my vital statistics. Woo! Age 12. All right. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to force it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Favorite games, Galaga, Paperboy, and RBI Baseball. <laughs> Stop mocking Alex. Hobbies, sports and playing my NES. Pets, a dog named Saki. I don't think he named that dog. And five tropical fish. I don't think he named it. he got those fish either. Do it. Oh, you gonna... night I'm preparing myself. Goals to design engines for Lamborghini and Porsche to play baseball or be a sports anchorman to get my father to quit smoking to meet DJ Jazzy Chef. <laughs> oh no. I missed this when I read it. So he wants his father to quit smoking. He wants to meet DJ Jazzy Jeff and or the Fresh Pence and to win at Super Contra. High scores, Arkanoid, da-da-da-da-da, Duck Hunt, da-da-da, round, RBI Baseball, blah, blah, blah. Nintendo paraphernalia, here's the things he's bought. Official Nintendo, play- Nintendo Player's Guide, the NES Max, the NES Advantage, and 13 games. Collections, Nintendo posters, man, this is an inventory of this kid's life. Nintendo posters and games, baseball cards, comic books, dice, and anything to do with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Computers, a NES, an Apple IIc, and an Epson QX. All right, world records. I think I hold the world record for duck hunt. I hold the unofficial world record for longest paper airplane flight outdoors over level ground. 
the time was one minute, 18 seconds. Man, 18 seconds and 38 hundredths of a second. Role models, Tim Loudner of the Minnesota Twins, Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Samus Aran of Metroid. Personal observations. I think Samus is the coolest, most wicked character in the video world. Thor from Gauntlet, however, is just a big oaf. Alex there, Woodenville Wah. Yeah, I think there's the clear peak of that was him sneaking in that he wants his father to quit smoking and, and his life goals. <sighs> oh, man. We get, some, we, we get some, like, slices of people's lives. We get some... Do you get, think his dad quit smoking? No. <laughs> no. You're such a cynic about these letters. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh I didn't. I didn't have a letter, a favorite letter in this one. I I didn't catch the smoking thing. Yeah, that, this is just more tips and bragging. Yeah, it's you know tips, tricks, bragging. Uh, uh, there is. I, I mean, this letter well, from I, the video grid do warriors. Think, do you think his dad quit smoking? God, I mean, if if your kid like in a publication that hundreds of thousands of people see is like, I wish my dad quit smoking. He probably quit for like couple months yeah i would say at, at the very least this um this uh, it depends a lot on his dad's character and how much he loves his son definitely yeah if if if, if you don't quit smoking does your uh, love for your son outweigh your uh whatever is driving your addiction either chemical or social or hey one th- i actually have a bigger do you think this kid smokes cigarettes now now that he's an older he's probably a uh, bit of an older kid at this it's point. like the weezer song Okay, sorry. I, I, I'll, I'll let you move on. What, what, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I didn't really. I, I did not have a letter picked out here. I don't. Yeah, it was kind of a dud fest. Honestly, the only the only winner was the message to the father. I did notice there's a lot of uh, Doctor and Mister Nintendo yes. names here. So the Power Player profile, Jose's one. Uh, his nickname is Mister Nintendo. Somebody else refers to themselves as Doctor Nintendo. Yeah, power player is Kenneth Dr. Nintendo Unak. Boom. Yep. Great. Fun, fun names. Keep it up, guys. Keep sending those letters in. All right. Hey, look, we're at the, we made it. We're at the top third. Time for the top 30. It's time for the top. And we're only doing the top five because we don't, the top 30 would be too long. Uh, I think we have time. This I'm just kidding. Do, okay, so I do have a question about this. Do you? This isn't actually like ranked vias. This isn't like a ranking of the sales, correct? This is literally this is a popularity contest. A popularity contest. I think we can imply what the sales rankings are from the dealers' picks on the next page, though. I think. I think that, mm, maybe the ones that they like are probably like notice. Let's skip ahead a little bit here, but the dealers' picks. Look at how many votes Super Mario Brothers Two, the number one spot, got compared to Double Dragon. Yeah, that must have been a big seller. Uh, it's like twelve times as many votes: sixteen thousand versus fifteen hundred. That's and look at the splits for oh, the actual players in the dealers' pick. Uh, okay, this is actually a good point because they they hate Zelda Two because probably because of the, the ship shortage. Oh yeah, it's not it, even on the list. It's not is even it? on the list, and that's probably because. End of the day, Zelda 2 is probably not selling a lot because of the ship shortage. Yeah, and ship. meanwhile, Zelda 2 is top five for both of the other, the players' picks and the pros' picks. Okay, so that's probably what it is. Dealers must just be sales. That, that, that tracks for me. That's, We're figuring this out. That's a really great observation. I'm surprised Gogo 13 is doing as well for them as they claim. 800 votes. It's number eight on the list. Yeah. Well, like do we put- want to hit the number? You know, we want to hit the quick top five? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we got at number five, we've got Metroid. Metroid! It's actually Metroid going down. It was at number two uh, last 
month. So it's kind of on its way downward. Uh, huh. it's, it's maybe hit its cycle. We'll see if it pops back up. But at number four, complete newcomer to the list is Double Dragon. Double Dragon! Fun fighting game. Then at number three... Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, which is also uh, on an upward trend. Nobody, However... But nobody's played the game. I mean, I like think this 200 is just people, people have played the game. My guess is people uh, just are like hyped for Zelda 2. They haven't even played it yet. And they want they want to love Zelda 2. They're hungry for it. And uh, right above Zelda 2 is Zelda 1. The Legend of Zelda. Which was finally dethroned. It's been at... Since reading these magazines, it's been at the top. The tip top, number one. And it's not just dethroned is dethroned by a substantial amount of votes. It looks like a lot of people got our number one spot for the holidays and are big fans of the game they now have. It almost feels like an error. Like it just, it's such a, it's it's a a counting error. Such a blowout. Super Mario Bros. 2 dominates the competition at number 22,700 votes and Legend of Zelda in the two spot. Not even 7,000. What the, the game that's been the champion just got knocked out in one punch. What? Just knocked out going Mike Tyson on. In, one, in one punch. Come on. Speaking what is Mike going Tyson. on in 1989? It's freaking Wild. me out. Wild. Yeah. Wild. All right. And, uh, that's the issue. That's the, that's the Wait, issue. Wait. What did Howard's letter say? We're going to CES. I started reading his Howard's letters. I, I, I've stopped. Imagine we, along with all of our 34 licensee companies, were together under one roof. The number of new licensee companies has grown dramatically. Howard, Howard is trying to impress the president of Nintendo of America. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Milton Bradley joined up, finally. Monopoly on NES. Okay, I've got a, speaking of Howard, I've got a big question. What's that? One through ten. Where's Howard at for you right now? Oh, man. Well, Howard just did like deep, so, he's playing a deep game here. Playing deep, deep games in the in the Olympics. Uh, if if our read on the situation was accurate, Howard is pulling some House of Cards stuff. I'm going to give him a five. Where's Nestor? Nestor played his role perfectly. If I were Howard, I'd give him a five. <laughs> But I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to give Nestor a one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got to give Howard a... Um, my, my perception of him is changing quite a bit. Now that I, he's kind of clearly becoming this like genius mastermind. Uh, and he wasn't, he wasn't as monstrous to Nestor this time. But it's it's a different kind of monster that we're, we're dealing with. Howard's it, eyes yeah. were on another prize. He yeah, wasn't so, out to big dog so, Nestor totally. once again. It's more against, yeah. He's against George Bush Senior, who I don't really. He's got to tank his election he's prospects. To tank that so I, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm respecting his deeper game here. Uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm, I'm excited to see like what world events Howard causes and future comic strips. So I'm going to give him a seven. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the highest rating either of them have gotten. I know. It's pretty It's because he's savvy. And Nestor, yeah, I agree. He was just a clear pawn in this situation, just being oof, just bumping into people. Um, 
he was so predictably Nestor. I think one big reveal of this issue was that he's 22 years old, uh, which was <laughs> which was impressive. So I'm actually going to give him a uh, a 2.2 for 22. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh. He's really accomplished a lot by being alive at the age that he's at. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, man. There's, there are some ads at the end. Hey, oh. how would you like to go? Uh, this kid's playing the power pad correctly because he's low to the ground so he can punch the controls. <laughs> but uh, And then, the, of course, there is a uh, – the back of the magazine cover is a vending machine full of – Wait, look at the middle top there. Is that a Famicom cartridge of Legend of Zelda? Because it's got your anime artwork in it. It doesn't oh. look like... It's like the U.S. card uh, boxes are all gold. Yeah, that, that, might, be, that might be the case. Um, it's Nintendo selling well, Japanese tapes. What is this? Conspiracies. Uh, uh, if, you're, if you're looking for the answers, you got to stay tuned for the next episode. They claim that the... Uh, what is it? The NES Max is the controller with the little disc in it? Yeah. Uh, they claim that that has the Nintendo seal of quality. No, it doesn't. I don't think the Nintendo seal of quality means as much as they thought it did. <laughs> They're just throwing it anywhere. All right. We made it! Boom. Howard and Nestor. We did. <laughs> That's it! <laughs> <laughs> The Now You're Playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. That's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>